1: Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. It's a radio program dedicated to raising awareness of issues concerning animals. This includes advocacy, activism, protection, conservation and, importantly, appreciation. The show is broadcast from the 3CR studios in Melbourne on 855am. On the 24th of November, Victorians went to the polls to vote for their next state representatives. If you live anywhere in Australia... Um, You probably have heard that the Victorian Labor Party had a resounding victory at the polls. But today we're going to talk about a quieter victory, um, and one that's uh, closer to heart and about animals, and that's the one by the Animal Justice Party, or AJP. For this election, the Animal Justice Party fielded candidates in 42 of the 88 lower house electorates, and candidates for each of the eight upper house regions. Um, i 've been looking over the most up to date counts for the election, uh, which said about we 've counted about ninety percent of the votes, a little bit more than that um, to date and from these we can see that the ajp 's first preference votes there where people have um, put AJP as their number one pick for election in the lower house has grown by about seven hundred and fifty percent since last election in two thousand and fourteen that 's from two thousand and fourteen at seven thousand seven hundred. Or thereabouts, people voting first preference for AJP, to 63,900 people this year voting for AJP, which represents 1.8% of the Victorian population who, whose votes have been counted. In the upper house, we see a 57% increase on 2014 levels, um, from 58,000 first preference votes to 88,000 pr- first preference votes this year, which represents... 2.47% of Victorians who have voted, who have chosen to put animals first, and while 88,500 people voting for animals sounds impressive, you may still be thinking, "But you know, 2.47% that's not a lot. What's that? What's that really mean?" Um, but today we're going to be joined by the president of AJP Victoria, Bruce Poon, who's going to tell us all about the politics of why 2.5% of people voting for animals. Matters and how it's going to make change. Um, We'll also be touching on the potential election of an AJP member to the Western Region um, Upper House as a candidate, Andy Medic. Um, That won't be announced until Tuesday, but it's looking promising um, for Andy. And so thank you very much for coming along, Bruce. Um, Looking forward to the chat. Just before we get started, we've also um, kept Sally on. Sally on from um, Out of the Pan, and Sally has a few questions uh, for AJP. Considering there's potentially going to be a um, party member in government yeah. in a couple and of days, I
0: guess also for listeners who aren't listening live and just listened to our show, do you want to just talk a little bit about uh, your show, Sally, and yeah, sort of where you're com- coming from with these issues?
2: Well, yeah, Out of the Pan is a show. Well, it's as it says on 3CR's website, like covering pansexual mm-hmm. issues, or Lesbian, gay, bi, trans, intersex, queer, intersex, queer LGBTIQ is the a, is a particular passion as part of 3CR's diversity. And so with the situation, as mentioned, looking likely in the upper house where an Animal Justice Party candidate has is looking, as said, very promising in the Western District, Andy Merkel. I'm curious as just to see what the, the party's policies are on, on those sorts of areas of sexuality, gender identity, intersex status. I mean, not, I did check the website um, this morning before Out of the Pan, one of those novel media concepts, research, you know, that commercial media doesn't do anymore. But um, I'm just curious if, there, if you can tell us anything about those policies and how the LGBTIQ communities could work with um, animal justice.
3: I th- yeah, morning, everyone. And uh, Sally, I think you'll find Animatic is a, great, uh, is a great guy to work with on these issues. Um, but the party generally um, is very strong as well. Um, of course, being a party for animals, you know our key policies um, are about animals and, yeah. and how we um, can treat them better. Um, and we've taken the view that we we can have some positions on other things. You know, we've got a position to support marriage equality and so on, um, but they're not our key focus. Um, they're, they're things that we binding our candidates and and representatives to these positions um sh- you know should it come up uh but at the heart of the party you know our our fundamental value is is kindness nonviolence uh as well as equality uh, and um rationality so equality that means to us that that you know everyone should be given some consideration of their interests but it certainly means in a human context diversity and um you know consideration of the of the different um you know sexualities and so on uh Andy himself you know is a is a kind of a champion of these issues within our party and um you know he's he's experienced uh all of the you know personally all of the kind of um the issues associated with dealing with this you know within mm-hmm. his own family and um he uh, he's a he's a very lovely man, and um, I think you know you'll find him a, a great guy to work with on LGBTIQ
2: issues. Well, that's incredibly welcome to hear <laughs> because the scenario in the, the last parliament in the upper house where the liberals wouldn't even come and talk to us on on trans people in particular in birth certificate reform, which was pretty um, well left many. Um, trans people family members allies very frustrated all we want to do is sit down and talk and work it out Mm. and it sounds like there's a lot more than that going on so should Andy be confirmed on Tuesday that sounds incredibly welcome and I'm sure will be very welcome news for trans and gender diverse families allies and the whole LGBTI communities.
3: Yeah I hope so I mean I think the election just beyond the Animal Justice Party's results was was a bit of a triumph for progressivism generally and I mean, why did people not vote for the Liberals? Maybe lots of things, but yeah. um, <laughs> maybe everything but uh, you know the the conservative view on a lot of these issues has been thoroughly rejected by the electorate, and um, we We saw the premier saying the day after the election, well you know he 's the most progressive party labor party in Australia, okay well, let's see, let's see over the next four years or probably eight years or 12 years, however long they've got now. Well,
2: there's a a thought, but obviously there's lots of things to get um, cracking on. So, um, yeah, um, you know, it it was a welcome thing. I sat there and watched it on Saturday night on one of these, I don't know, people who watch election counts, I'm just (laughs) going, hang on to my wake sort of thing. I, I just wouldn't have expected such huge swings or anything like that. So there is... Um, definitely an authority to act on a lot of things and, um, you know, and take somewhat of a long-term view. So um, toes crossed. Yeah.
3: I mean, there is a progressive, you know, upper house as well. There's enough numbers there. Labor hold a lot of numbers, but there's still a green... Uh, you know, the numbers the, the results aren't released But there's still a green There's every chance that we might see Fiona Patton back mm. uh, And the Animal Justice Party are there So there's some really um, good numbers, I think, in the upper house Yeah,
2: there is, uh, there is that prospect on balance And, you know, the fact that the Hinch Justice Party Has a statement on, um, you know, marriage equality On their policy platform You know, my, as sometimes micro-parties, as you say Can't cover everything, have a focus But they've gone out of their way to do that So... Yeah, uh, touch wood and all that, um, fingers crossed, and all that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. excellent.
0: Yeah, and I just wanted to jump in there as well. I know um, Jeff Russell writes for a website, New Matilda, which I read quite a bit, and he spoke about the Animal Justice Party adopting position statements on marriage equality and also treatment of refugees. I'm wondering, with marriage equality passed, if there is going to be a new statement around LGBT issues or whether that original statement sort of covers that sort of uh, pro trans, uh, pro bisexual, gay, lesbian, etc. Um, within that statement or whether a new statement is required?
1: Yeah,
3: maybe. Um, so the wider argument within the party, or debate, if you, if you like, mm-hmm. is about just how much do we broaden our policies to cover non-animal issues. Mm. And, and you know, the, there are those who will argue it should be very broad. We should have an economic policy and we mm. should, uh, you know, have policies on on everything.
0: Mm. I guess you would be like, or well, Andy Medic would be voting on everything in Parliament, Exa- not just exactly. animal issues. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh,
3: and so, you know, the way we've covered that off in the past is say, well, there's your representative and, you know, what does he think? Mm. Um, and there are those who argue, no, no, we shouldn't have policies on everything. We should, we should have just policies on animal issues and let's focus as we will on animal issues, um, which are, which are really important to us. And, uh, you know, and treat the other things that come up from time to time as, you know, treat, treat them as they come up, if you like. So that debate, you know, is a broad one and is not going to be solved just at the moment. Uh, in terms of LGBTIQ issues, whether there should be a new statement, uh, I mean, you know, that that's something that can be done within the party pretty easily. Uh, but then there's an internal debate and we make sure that everybody's heard and that, um, you know, democracy is done. Um, and uh, before we, you know, we end up adopting something, putting it up on our website.
0: Mm. Great. And any other questions from
2: you, Sally? Or no, what? I will. Thank you very much for that opportunity. I will, having taken ten minutes of your show, sort off and give you the rest <laughs> of it back. Are you um, seriously? We we need to do more like this across mm. three C R. There's so many things we could work together on. So. Um, really appreciate the opportunity, and yeah, let's um, keep well. Let's keep Victoria the progressive state. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Sally's show is twelve to one every Sunday.
1: That's yeah. it, yeah.
2: Um, except for um, like a lot of our shows. I'll be off on holidays during January, but there'll be mm-hmm. some repeats of um, shows throughout the year. So, thank you two again for the opportunity, and good to meet you. Yeah, yeah thanks nice for your, thanks for your
1: questions, <laughs> and um, thanks for joining us. And we'll just go to a quick break, and then we'll get back into it after a song.
2: Looking for a gift for the lefty in your life this Christmas?
1: 3CR
3: has a range of publications, clothing, CDs, wine and other products available online
1: or from the station.
0: New items include the 2019 How to Make Trouble and Influence People Diary, which features a radical event in Australian history for each day of the year, as well as stories and images covering Indigenous Australian resistance, strikes, street art, convict escapes, creative direct action, blockades, protests and occupations.
3: Also available is Fighting for spaces fighting for our lives a collection of essays photographs and first-hand accounts about squatting movements from around the world today and on the fly an anthology
2: which features dozens of stories poems and songs originally produced by american hobos from the 1870s to the 1940s sale of these publications all help keep 3cr on air for more information or to make a purchase visit 3cr.org.au forward shop
1: listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR 855 AM and we're joined by Bruce Poon the Animal Justice Party's Victoria president um, and discussing the election results that have just um, the for the election in Victoria. Mm.
0: <laughs> I should to mention the track as well that was Mystifier um, in the Booth by Akala and there was a mention of voting in there so it's kind of relevant <laughs> to <talk> to
1: <laughs> very tan, tangentially yeah. yeah. So, so to get to get started, Bruce, I was just wondering, um, could you just tell us a little bit, uh, we've mentioned upper house, lower house, all of these sorts of things. Can you just um, tell us, and so Andy Medic, the um, AJP mem- uh, candidate who may be elected, is potentially going into the upper house. Do you just want to tell us a bit about what the upper and lower house are and sure. how that works and how Andy's vote in that space might work?
3: Okay. It's a, it's a big question, but uh, we've got a long show. So... Um, <laughs> The lower house is the house of government. That's where you have 88 representatives across across the state from, you know, all the 88 suburbs, basically, or towns. And uh, you get one person from each of those. Um, so whoever wins, you know, they've got to get 51% of the votes after preferences. And it tends to be the major parties, you mm. know, Labor and Liberal. Um, and they're quite hard seats to win for a smaller party. Um we still run in the lower house. You know, we ran in 43 seats. Sorry to correct you, but 43. <laughs> and um, uh, next time we'd like to run in 88 seats, all of the seats. Um, and that seems like a strange thing when you can't win. Um, but um, every candidate, you know, is that's an opportunity to talk about animal issues, to raise mm. the issues. It's also a tremendous opportunity to decide who does win. Mm so we uh, we supported the greens in in most of those seats and you know they wouldn't have won uh, at least two of the three seats that they did win brunswick pran and and possibly melbourne without our help uh, and and similarly you know labor wouldn't have won several of the seats that they won without our help so it's great political leverage to run in the lower house and if we decide um, in some in some distant future, that we're well, we're supporting the Liberal Party, not the Labor Party, because they're going to—they've got the best plan about how to help animals. If you can imagine it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, then we might we might be able to give them government. Um, and uh, uh, so, you know,
1: it's it's an important um, arena. And and just on the on the um, figures, it actually really highlights the support there is for animals out in the electorate. I mean, Animal Justice Party comes in, when you look at the total votes, total number of votes for parties, um, it comes in just after, well, not just after a National Party, but it comes after the National Party. So you've got Labor, Liberal, Greens all getting the highest number of votes, then you've got a whole pool of independents that got quite a bit of the vote, National Party, and then Animal Justice Party. So out of the out of the small parties, or the micro-parties as people call them, Animal Justice Party seems to be a... Um, a very good one, or one that's getting a lot of votes in that well, space.
3: Well, absolutely. So, you know, we, we tend to lump the coalition together, um, and and Labor and the Greens. So they're the, they're the three you know big mm. groups. Yep. yep. Um, after those, you know, we definitely got the most votes, and and after us, it was uh, the Democratic Labor Party, uh, the Shooters and Fishers, and then the Socialists. But our vote was greater than all three put together. Mm. So we are much bigger than any other of the minor parties in terms of the support across the state, and um, you know that's that's a, a terrific direction for us. In fact, that was the same at the last federal election as well. We, we got we came fourth um, in the way I count it <laughs> <laughs> um, in the in the lower house. You know, getting more votes than any other party, any other minor party, mm. um, and that's uh, sort of a tribute, I guess. You know you could say internally to the to the party and externally to the the feeling of Victorians that they 've had a gut full of animal cruelty and want to do something about it
1: mm. absolutely and uh, the other the other benefit of um of running in the lower house in all of the different electorates is you get to see where people might care more strongly maybe for animals depending on how you read the read the votes but there's some there's some electorates that have a vote of. I've got to hear for Footscray, there was 7.6% of the electorate voted mm. for AJP. That mm-hmm. is that is huge. That's yeah. a massive number. That's like up there with Greens numbers in some electorates.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Coralright was 7.54, so, you know, a very similar number. Um the other thing is in the lower house, if you get over 4%, the, the sort of rules say, oh, well, you must be a serious political party if you're getting over 4%, and they pay you for the seat. Mm. So they pay you for each vote you get. And we we achieved that in 15 seats this time, which is a new record for us. The previous record was three seats. Um, and, uh, you know, that means funding for the party and um, the ability to um, do more campaigning and, and more activity. Um, so that's another great uh, opportunity. Um, to advance the party, every every candidate that runs in the lower house also, you know, he's out there plugging the brand and and the the point of the party, and it helps with the upper house vote. Uh, people often vote for you in both houses. Yeah. So we should we should really explain this other house then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so upstairs in the in the in the red, uh, we've got the upper house, the House of Review, uh, Legislative Council is what it's called in the federal parliament. People would know it as the Senate. Yep. And their job is to review the legislation and only pass legislation, you know, that's been suitably amended to be, be, you know, to be good. And um, the advantage of the upper house is it's often got a different electoral system and ours in Victoria is very complicated, but you've got eight regions with five people elected from each region. And that gives us a chance to win that fifth seat. In a in a region, um, and we we definitely had chances in this election to win several of those seats. A- another another few hundred votes, really, in a few of the areas, we would have possibly won three seats. But um, uh, you know, we'll, we look forward to the announcement on on probably Tuesday this week. We're very you know cautiously optimistic that we'll at least win one seat, and um, uh, that's a, a massive breakthrough for us uh, to have. One seat out of 40, you might think, well, no big deal, but you've got to look at the, the electoral maths here. The Labor Party is the government. They've got a very big majority in the lower house. They can do essentially whatever they like in the lower house. Mm. Uh, in the upper house, they don't have the numbers, so they've got, they'll probably end up with 18 seats in the, out of the 40, and they need 21, obviously, to get a majority. Um, they probably appoint one of their own as the speaker, so that gives them. 17 and then they'll need 20 so they need three more and so you know uh being up there and being able to deal with the government on on whether we support their bills um and you know we're pretty unashamedly will be saying whether we support their bills depends somewhat on, on what we can get done for animals
1: mm. yep and and I suppose for me, when I, when I realised that this was an exciting result for the AJP, was I was watching the election on the Saturday night on ABC, because that's a fun night in for me. <laughs> um, but um, it was towards the end of the day and Anthony Green was just gunning through all of, the, all of the electorates at the very end of the night. And there was a few people on the panel um, from the Labor side, I think, and some pundits that were talking about the, the results. And in the background... You could, it wasn't directly on on um on audio but it was in the background while anthony green was speaking someone said oh my god ajp they they're doing really well and you could see that they were quite shocked and they were like you, i i felt like they were thinking shit we're going to have to start really thinking about this exactly. this is this is not a small thing or this is this is something that's a big issue
3: when well, when we can get people elected on the animal platform to parliament it does give everyone pause that uh, they haven't treated these issues seriously enough. Uh, when, we, when we had um, uh, Mark Pearson elected in New South Wales, you know, it straight away gave the Premier licence to say, well, you know, I think we should get rid of greyhound racing mm. and that, that turned into a disaster. But, yeah. um, you know, that, that's the sort of thing that can happen when they realise what's at stake, both, uh, you know, just electorally, just as politicians mm. who look at the numbers. I always say about politicians, even if they don't care about animals, um, what 's really very dear to them and they 're very attached to is is the votes that get them elected <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so you know getting getting these terrific results in the lower house is another is another thing they have to worry about in in mill park you know we got i can 't remember six point nine i think something yep, like that six point nine yep. and for that was the first time that we came third so uh, you know behind labor and liberal, but we beat the greens mm. and if we can get more and more results like that. Um, and really controlling who who does win seats, um, it becomes a significant political lever that we can uh, that we can deploy to help animals. I was wondering,
0: there's um, <coughs> we've talked about different seats and regions, that kind of thing. I was wondering, is there a certain area that is sort of more likely to favour AJP in terms of inner city, uh, outer suburbs, regionally? Is there a particular focus you have, or really is it just general everywhere? One of
3: the – it's really – it's kind of everywhere mm. and, and it's kind of a weakness. Um, you know, you see the Nationals are, you know, a really well-known, strong political party, but they only get votes in particular areas, mm. but they're really strong in those areas. Mm. So they basically say, we're for this geography mm-hmm. and, and we're not for the city, so mm. don't worry about it. Um, and that gives them, you know, a really good strength. We're, we're, our vote is very consistent across the whole state, in mm. fact, across the whole country. Mm. And we get votes in Gippsland and, you know, in, and Southwest Coast and Polworth. We got some terrific results in, in sort of semi, semi-rural areas mm. in, this, in this election. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And um, uh, that's, I mean, maybe at some point it'll be a strength. You know, if the vote can be strong enough across the board. But initially, it's not a strength that makes it really difficult. To, well, we, that's nice, but we actually need to win somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, for the moment, it's not helping us. But, you know, as the vote gets stronger and stronger, and our vote tends to go up every election. Mm. Um, at some point it will be be a real strength and we'll start to win lots of seats. Hmm. So in New South Wales, we can win one, maybe two seats each election. In Victoria, you know, if we could win... Uh, enough regions we can win multiple seats each time mm. Mm. yeah
0: and definitely the i guess what you said about nationals nationals the sort of the opposite could be said about the greens as well in terms of the inner city mm. uh, and definitely that is you know i guess they're regarded as a fairly pro animal party as far as party goes i just want to give a recent example though so this happened recently in, in parliament federal greens leader richard Di Natale was suspended after refusing to withdraw his description of liberal senator barry O'Sull- o'sullivan as a pig, um, accusing him of throwing sexist filth at colleagues and I thought that language, you know, obviously you know, there was sexism going on that needed to be challenged but language of a pig I thought was particularly telling in the case of Dean Natale who's actually a pig farmer Mm. and we did an episode on this a while ago and find all our episodes at freedomofspecies.org, there was a great episode that Emma hosted all about this language that species we use towards animals, like put people down with animal slurs but I think in the case of Dean Natale it isn't just accidentally using sexist language it actually kills pigs himself. so that language is maybe unsurprising. So I guess the, the Greens have very different, or particularly Dean Atali, but many of them have very different ideas about how we should relate to animals. There's certainly no Animal Justice Party uh, candidates who are pig farmers, for example. Um, but when I look at their animal policies, uh, a lot of them sound fairly similar to Animal Justice Party policies in terms of what they want right now and end to live export, phasing out of intensive farming, these kind of things. Um, genuine free range they call for as well. I was wondering, yeah, I know the Greens Greens are fairly, probably fairly well supported within the vegan community and that kind of thing as well. Um, yeah, I wonder if you could tell us some of the differences, not just philosophically, but also sort of practically, like right
3: now, how policies differ from the Greens. Hmm. Um. Okay, so you know, philosophically, we do come from a different place Mm. fundamentally um and we're not just about welfare i mean ultimately this is a party that wants a revolution in the way we relate to animals on the planet and uh but you know yeah on some of the the absolute low-hanging fruit of what must change you know with with animal uh, exploitation things like fruit for factory farming and live export the greens have got the right policy and have always had the right policy and and so good on them and our job is not to you know talk down the greens uh, who who is you know ideologically the closest to us of the major parties um but uh, our our policies often our policies are very similar and so the difference isn't the policy itself it's really it's the commitment to the policy it's mm. it's it's this is our focus and this is what we talk about every day and go and talk to politicians about every day what we work towards what we campaign on mm. um and our our critique and again it's not really my job to be you know a massive critique of the greens but the discussion we have with them is you know, we like your policy are you going to do something about it mm. Uh, will you commit to making this, you know, a condition of government? Will you, will you really um, campaign on this, and will you, you know, not not pass these other laws in order to get this done? And the the answer is always not really no. Mm. Um, some of their policies are, are very poor. You know, they have the same policy as Labor and Liberal on on sort of kangaroo shooting mm. and and that sort of stuff. And um, this says to us that. They haven't quite thought through uh, the the philosophical position of uh, where where they're still treating animals as as property and as um, you know obstacles to progress, uh, and that's not how we see them at all. Mm. And I guess it touches on something we've covered on the show as well
0: before: is this idea of maybe a conservation point of view, but not valuing individual animals when we think of
3: like policies towards kangaroos, for example. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There'll often be a conservation view which. You know, conservation is a, lo- a wonderful thing, but uh, that's not the be-all and end-all of philosophical positions and we ov- obviously we want to preserve the environment and preserve the planet in a habitable state. That would be a good thing if we could organise that. Um, Just that, <laughs> that small not, little task. Not looking, yeah. not looking good at the moment, <laughs> yeah. but um, we're also interested in the, the, you know, the lives of individuals and um, we have to treat people better um and by people i mean animals <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh than just treating them as numbers or you know pests mm-hmm. Absolutely. yeah we did a call
0: out actually from yeah people on our facebook page twitter those kind of things and yeah i guess one policy which i guess the animal Justice party might be more supportive of because of those um those philosophical differences might be policies around veganism and definitely aj pay of Mentioned that obviously the obviously benefit to animals, but also the environmental and human health benefits of veganism as well. And so we got a question from Greg on Facebook along these lines. Um, so the question is: I guess now, hopefully, um, Andy medic be in Parliament. What plans does the AGAP have to help those who eat a vegan diet when they in hospital, prison, aged care home, or other public institution? This could be through legislative or regulation change. Mm.
3: Um, obviously, all of our all of our key. Um staff and officers and candidates are vegan. So uh, this shows the sort of commitment that we have to animals. It would be, uh, I think, completely hypocritical to be saying that you're fighting for animals when you're exploiting them in another way. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously we're a part of the animal protection movement, a part of the vegan movement, and, and we want to support it. Uh, there are some things that we've been campaigning on. We've got what we call our health campaign, but... Um, We've been looking for um, for the government to do something about processed meats. Processed meats being a carcinogen, uh, type 1 carcinogen, very damaging to people's health. And yet, you know, it's in the same category as cigarettes, I guess, or, or asbestos. Um, you can't buy cigarettes at schools, you know, and to think that you could, would, it would, people would, people's mind would be blown. But you can buy, you know, bacon and it's just as damaging to your health. Mm. You can... You can't get cigarettes in the hospital or in the children's hospital but you can get bacon and you know in the cancer hospital you can get you can get it Mm. and this doesn't make a lot of sense you know so we're looking for the government to tackle those kinds of problems we've campaigned on it we've agitated we've met with um, those that we can meet with and um, we'll be using our political power to try and uh, get you know what we think is just rational approaches to these things where the government does their best to make people you know to enable people to eat healthily and and keep out of hospital mm. um, and uh, doesn 't serve them carcinogens while they 're at school uh, you know they 're going they 're going to pay the hospital costs later and the people are going to die die earlier than they should have uh, i think there 's a lot of just very simple rational logical arguments here that says society can do better than what we do now um you know quite apart from the sort of ethical issues and the environmental issues the health issues is another is another way that society can do better than than eating so much meat the way we do now Mm. I was thinking another policy that could
0: possibly push forward would be vegan food labelling. Is that anything that um, AJP have looked into? I think that'd be really helpful with uh, overcoming some of the barriers to veganism. Um,
3: yeah, we haven't looked at it a great deal. Mm. Um, w- whenever there's a, there's a food labelling laws come up, we take a good look at them because they're always interesting to, to us and to vegans. Mm. Um, uh, I guess it's one of those things we haven't we haven't looked at it in detail we felt like there's some other items where we could get more leverage on mm-hmm. um, yeah but you know if if that's an opportunity um if if that's a, a big impediment to people becoming vegan and then you know we we can definitely look at it um yeah
1: we're just going to go to a quick um song mm-hmm. uh, but after that uh, we'd I'd like to touch base on what those other items might be so. What the policies that you will be um, pushing for strongly, uh, once things start going again, um, we'll discuss that after the song. Do you want to introduce mm. the song,
0: Nick? Yeah, sure. It's another one that sort of mentions voting. This is the Tuts. Give us something worth voting for.
3: The City of Stonington presents Carols at Como Park. Join host Shane Jacobson for an evening featuring performances by Casey Donovan and many more. Bring along a picnic and celebrate under the stars with a Riverside Pyrotechnic display to conclude the night. Carols at Como Park, Sunday, December 16 from 7.30pm. See the City of Stonington website for more details.
1: A 3CR supporter. <laughs> You're listening to Freedom Species on 3CR 855 AM, and that was the Tuts. Give us something worth voting for. Um, and today we are speaking with Bruce Poon, the president of AJP Victoria, about the Victorian election that's just happened and is about to be announced, the election results, on Tuesday. And just before we went to the song break, Bruce, you were talking about... Um, some of the policies that you, or you mentioned that your fo- you have focuses on certain policies, and I just wanted to ask what what they are. So if Andy gets in, and, and even though Andy even if Andy doesn't get in, um, from the votes that you've got the um, the backing of a large number of the electorate, what policies will you be focusing on uh, speaking to the government about?
3: I think um, some of our key state campaigns. I mean, there's a long list. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's duck shooting. Uh, duck shooting is a, a blight on 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 Victoria for um, many months a year. Any any kind of recreational hunting is we, we just don't understand the the idea that um, it's fun to kill others. You need a psychologist, quite frankly, and not not a gun. Um, Duck shooting is one that's ripe to go. There are less and less duck shooters every year. Um, the animal you know, protection movement has been campaigning on this for decades and decades. Mm.
1: Uh, and can you just remind us um, what, which other states still have duck shooting allowed?
3: Uh, South Australia, I think, does, mm. and um, maybe
1: that's it. Yeah, it's, it's certainly not the norm in Australia to, to legalise duck shooting mm. seasonally. Uh,
3: no, that's right. There are a number of things happen in Victoria that were banned decades ago in other states because they're too cruel. Mm. Uh, another one is jumps racing. It was banned in New South Wales, uh, I forget, but maybe twenty five years ago, It's mm. too cruel to contemplate. Well, we still do it mm. um, and for the for the for the joy of you know half a dozen trainers. Really, um, we managed to put put horses over the jump and kill quite a few every year. Um, so we'll be looking to that kind of reform, anything we can do to help horses in the racing industry and, you know, and to ban greyhound racing, uh, that'd be a great step forward. I know in the U S they just did this through a, a, citizens initiated referenda in Florida. Oh, great. So they got rid of, um, most of the rest of the greyhound tracks in the United States. I think there's going to be six left. Hmm. Um, in the United States of America. So Mm. greyhound racing is nearly done there. Mm. Um,
1: Another thing that's not very common around the rest of the world, it's sort of UK, mm. USA, Australia, Mm. maybe a couple of other places, but greyhound racing Mm. is not a common... Mm.
0: And and if Victoria wants to be the progressive state, then it
3: obviously should include animals as well. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we'll be looking at those things. Um, The other one is where animals suffer a lot is in is in agriculture and particularly factory farming, mm. but uh, you know all of animal agriculture is very suspect, and um, you know we we note that Craig Kelly was telling the uh, the kids the other week to uh, if they if they want to solve climate change they should stop eating ice cream and and hamburgers and he's completely right mm. so even a stop clock can be right twice a day. Um, <laughs> So we look forward to working with the, with the Liberal government if they're going to then start to cut down the, the the dairy industry and the support for that. That's that's a good move. Mm. Um, so you know we we understand uh, you know one member of the upper house maybe we won't be able to uh, end animal agriculture, but we we should be able to get rid of. Um, Battery cages for hens. You know, no no one likes this. (laughs) It's hard to find a a a a person, let alone a politician, that will say, "Yeah, no, actually, I think it's reasonable." They all think it's awful, and most Victorians do think it's awful, and they think it's already banned, maybe, but it's not. And uh, there's an awful lot of eggs produced in these appalling conditions. There's very little investment in this industry. There are no new cages, and they know it. They know they've lost the moral license to operate, and it's uh, it's something we'd like to just get done. And finally, it's been done in the in the EU. You know, it's illegal, has been for a long time now, and um, we'd like to get that done. Anywhere where animals are suffering in you know, appallingly. Um, then it's it's a low hanging fruit for us, and uh, we want to see
1: change. So, what would you say to someone, um, say, an animal rights activist who was talking about um, banning egg uh, battery hen cages? Actually, um, being a promotion of of it sort of gives it, it gives the um, Egg manufacturers a social license again. It makes it more acceptable because mm. now we've got free open range eggs. All you know, it's all good. Come and eat as many eggs as you want because there's not a moral issue there, an ethical issue. Mm. When in mm. fact there is a, a very big ethical mm. issue. And even going from caged eggs to barn eggs, barn eggs are horrific, mm. um, and open range eggs often not open range at all and they're quite horrific um, so what would your response to that be? And
0: could I just broaden this out as well? We got another comment on Twitter and I won't bother going through the comment but basically they were talking about barbaric religious slaughter halal and yeah I guess similar critiques made live export like the the problem becomes framed as religious slaughter rather than animal slaughter overall so I think there's similar critiques along those lines as
3: well. Mm. Mm. So our philosophy is clear you know we're against all slaughter and mm. we're against all animal export exploitation but um w- while we could put up a bill for universal veganism in the Victorian parliament it's unlikely <laughs> to get the numbers just at the moment yep. and so you know politics is the art of the possible and while we can campaign for big big change uh, often what we can get through the parliament is uh you know is is things that are doable things that have got majority support in the community already and um that That's no small thing, you know, to get things done that the community supports and that will help, help improve, you know, the, the lives of animals. That we should at least get all of those things done. And getting those things done also enables the debate to happen, enables people to talk about animal issues and often moves the com- community on, moves the discussion on where they and if we got rid of battery cages you know in 3 months time with with legislation and people wanted to say well that's not the end of the the story and you know um what about the male chicks they're all killed and macerated this is all true um and i the more they talk about it the the happier i am you know mm. it's certainly not the end of the road yep. um but the community needs to be
1: educated about these other problems yep so it moves us past those really things that we shouldn't even be talking about anymore to higher level level sort of animal protection conversations. Yeah, that's right, yeah. One thing that um, I was interested in looking through the, the results of the, the election is that sort of in the in the sort of close to Melbourne sort of electorates, those ones that are really in a city that um, got lower numbers than, say, middle or outer band electorates. And I was wondering, is this a competition between Greens and um, and AJP? Are people preferring to vote for Greens rather than AJP? And, and why do we see such um, high numbers in places like Cororoid, which has a 7.5% vote, and it's on the very outer east-western um, side of Melbourne, in, from what I can tell, it's mostly... It's sort of like industrial... Lo- large areas of industrial and suburbia, mm. wh- what is, wh- what's going on there? You'd think, you know, the ter- uh, stereotypical image of um, animal protection people are uh, hippie, vegans, um, inner hip- city hip- hipsters <laughs> in Fitzroy. Yeah. yeah,
3: well, as I th- think I said before, you know, our vote is very consistent and we, we get votes in Gippsland, we get votes in the Dandenong Hills, we get votes in the inner city, in the outer suburbs and, you know, all over the place. In the inner city, um, the Greens are very strong campaigners, and uh, I think um, a lot of people will vote for the Greens over us for their for their own reasons. Um, and so we tend not to do as well there as we would love to to do, um, both to discipline the Greens and to you know <laughs> to improve our own vote. Um, uh, and yeah, often it's the, it's the middle suburbs, um, the, the wet suburbs as well, um, on the Bay where, uh, or even the suburbs where people are just looking for an option to, um, to punish the government or the, or the opposition cause they hate them both. Mm. And they're looking for an option. Somebody else is, who's, who's bringing something genuine to the table, some, some change. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of them have taken the opportunity to vote for the Animal Justice Party.
1: Yeah, and I, know, I did notice that in the electorates where there was where the AJP was the only other option, um, other than the three major parties—the Liberal, Labor, and Greens—they often did quite well um, yeah. as a potentially as a protest vote against those other parties. But also, I wonder if those outer suburban areas um, sort of tap into people who who live with with companion animals. Um, there's quite a large um, number of companion animals in suburban Melbourne, sp- suburban Australia, um, maybe more so than in a city. And whether there's whether people who live with w- live with animals have a sort of um, feel some sort of uh, connection with Animal Justice Party.
3: Yeah, I think I think that's right. I mean, I, I don't have the science to tell mm. you that you know people with uh, companion animals vote for us more than people that don't. I, I, we just don't have that kind of polling. Mm. Um, the other thing, you know, to be said, we, you know, looking at the trends of where we do well, is it's not to um, introduce the role of the candidate. You know, we've had yeah, some great yep. candidates who've campaigned really hard, and the, the local community know yep. uh, are working on animal issues and they want to support them. Um,
1: I know that's certainly true down in um, down in Lara. Is it Bronwyn Bishop? Bronwyn? No, not Bronwyn Bishop. <laughs> Bron- Bronwyn.
3: Uh, baker is it baker yes um
1: she did did a a strong campaign against a goat factory going in or a a large production of goats down there and um became a really strong part of that community and has done a great job in the in the voting with 6.9 percent.
3: yeah i think those things are related she you know was one of the leaders of the community that worked really hard to make sure that intensive goat factory didn't didn't get up and was, didn't end up in Lara mm. and in fact, you know, didn't go anywhere for the moment. Um, and, um, you know, that's the sort of thing that um, people will, will vote for, people who, you know, work with the community to get things done. And this is probably just about
0: to to be the final question, but one thing I was interested in asking about is um, legislative council reform. So the Australian Greens are calling for reform similar to what we've seen federally to basically stop people who've got a small amount of the initial vote getting in. So just give one example of that from the Eastern Metropolitan region in Victoria. The Transport Matters Party got 0.62% of the initial allocation and they were elected and the Greens in that district got 8.98% but were not elected Um, um, yeah, I'm wondering would the Animal Justice Party support similar reforms on the state level in Victoria as there is in the federal federal um, Senate?
3: Well, I think the current system is a shocker. There's mm. no question about that, um, and it's been really manipulated by a, a small number of individuals to um, deliver, you know, extraordinary results, uh, and um, very small amounts of money are being used to deliver deliver electoral results that re- don't really reflect the will of the people. Mm. Uh, we certainly didn't invent this system, and, mm. and um, we don't much like it, but uh, we're 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 stuck with it. Now, the, the government is the one that should be looking at reform. We, we support reform, mm. but you know, if we're going to reform the upper house, there's lots of options. Um, In New South Wales, they have a vote across the entire state and um, they have a a half council election across the whole state. So they vote for 21 people across the state each time. Uh, That's a system that we like. It's very close to proportional representation. So the more it looks like
1: proportional representation, the happier we'll be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And before we wrap up, Mm -hmm. is there for people who are interested in getting involved in the AJP, volunteering, helping out, maybe... In the federal election coming up in six months, um, helping out with that, I imagine that's going to be a big task. What what can people do to um, get in touch and get involved?
3: Absolutely, you know, go to our website animaljusticeparty dot and um, you know maybe sign up as a member or, or contact us and to get involved. We we definitely need uh, more people involved with the federal election coming up. Uh, we've got a New South Wales election um, in in a few months and uh, hoping to get more people elected there. Uh, we, we need all the help we can get from people who want to see um, political power used to help animals. And, um, you know, we've got regional groups where you live and, uh, you know, meetings are held every all around the state all the time uh, of people who are getting together, doing outreach, rallying, campaigning and ultimately, you know, getting involved in elections to um, build political power for animals. And I want to give a quick shout-out to Catherine
0: Wright. I believe she's an Animal Justice Party candidate. Gave a really great talk, Why Animal Rights is a Social Justice Issue. That was featured on the Unitarian Half Hour here on 3CR. So that was a really great talk. And we're going to cover that issue next week on the show with Madison Griffiths. So tune in next week for that.
1: Yeah. And um, yeah, so thank you very much for coming in, Bruce. It's been really great to talk to you about the election results and AJP and what you're all about. Um, just before we head off, I wanted to mention to everyone out there that we've had a few really hot days um, and there's going to be plenty of animals that are dehydrated and need, need water. You might find a possum um, sitting out on the grass somewhere or, or not in a tree during the day. Just grab a big bowl of water. Mm. Um, maybe some fruit and put it somewhere in the shade in your backyard and that will help a lot of animals. Mm. Um, And just make sure there's fresh water available uh, around your local area that animals can get to. Um,
0: And also companion animals. I've been filling my dog's bowl with ice as well to make sure they have cold water as well. Mm. Mm.
1: That's it for us um, at Freedom of Species. Tune in next week uh, from 1 till 2. Nick will be presenting a show Mm. on
0: Uh, Animal rights as a social justice issue, that's Madison Griffiths. So we are looking at animal rights as a social justice issue, uh, connections
1: to other social justice
0: issues like feminism, for example.
1: Yep. And um, stay tuned for Encyclopedia here at 2pm.
2: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.